It's the Cracker Rugby Podcast. The final game of the season in Sports Ground. Time for about to leave the field. Okay, Danny. Clan stand is pretty full. The far side is pretty full. Even both ends look as though they're going to get pretty full. Last home game of the season. Connacht need to win. I didn't see the final result for Munster. Did they win it in the end? I think they did. But uh, more importantly, they'd already gotten the bonus points. So I think they're they're going to be out of reach for Connacht. Um, so it's not looking good. But there's a great buzz in the sports ground. Really looking forward to this now. I was a little bit nervous at the start of the week, but I don't know. My, I'm completely changed now. I'm really feeling that. I think it's just the atmosphere from the, the fans. I feel like the players are going to feed off that. Yeah, I hope so. The, the rain that lasted for the last two or three hours seems to have disappeared. No sign of it. It's a bit of a breeze, but it's only a breeze. So, yeah, it's, it's all there for Connacht. Yeah, but it's the sports ground. That can change in two seconds. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All right, folks. I don't know if Emma will say anything. What are your thoughts, Emma? Last game of the season? Excited to see what we can pull together. Mixed emotions with some of the lads who are moving on. Yeah, I think it's it's great to see them one last run out, but yeah, disappointed to see the likes of Marion and uh, Delahunt moving on. Yeah, yeah, not good, not good. But okay, let's focus on the match. We'll talk about that afterwards. Okay, just coming up to 20 minutes. Connacht lead 12 0. It's all good for Connacht. As Carter were down to 14 men as well, Danny. So we're nearly there. Nearly have the bonus point win. Or am I being a bit too optimistic? Maybe a little bit. We've still got 60 minutes to play. Uh, but it is looking good for Connacht. Two standouts for me is uh, Josh Murphy. He's working like a dog, making loads of t- tackles in and around the pitch. And uh, Jimmy Kilgallen's really surprising Cardiff with his footwork. For a man at six foot five, I really don't expect... They, they haven't been expecting uh, how fastly he can move. Um, but it's a good... It's been a good defensive effort from uh, Connacht. They just need to keep it going. Yeah. Tries from Kilgallen and Dylan, Dylan Tierney Martin as Connacht get a penalty. It's some good defensive work. We'll talk again at halftime. Okay, Danny, halftime score Connacht 26, Cardiff 7. My optimism earlier on has been proven to be correct so far. Now, admittedly, Cardiff will have a bit of a breeze in the second half, but Connacht are playing great rugby. They are. They're, they're looking good on both attack and defence. Cardiff don't seem to be up so much really and I think that's down to more Connacht not giving them a chance more than anything um, like Cardiff are also their own worst enemies giving away five penalties there in that half Connacht are giving away three one just being on the end which they missed the kick to the corner which is going to play on their minds as well you know? well that, that but it was a brilliant piece of play from Mac Hansen to pirouette in the air catch it and then just nick it into touch at the same time so and he's done a couple of brilliant things as well as scoring a try I think Conor Hanover scored the other try um, to make it the four tries but it's a really impressive display the, the, what we're seeing is the the physicality Connacht had against Edinburgh is there again it's not just the physicality it's the work rate it's the you don't see too many guys lying in rocks you don't see many guys kind of not working around the corner there's a lot of uh, emphasis of getting up getting in the line there's a lot of talk going on as well there's a lot of guys chatting and making sure everything is kind of clear and everyone knows what they're doing it's really really impressive to watch certainly is and Bunyaki's having probably his best game in about two years which is great to see as well we'll talk again on 60 minutes Okay, Danny, we're just coming up to 60 minutes. One of the Welsh players is down. Connacht lead 26-12, but it's been all Cardiff in this second half. It has, but they're, they're failing to convert. 
They've been in Connex 22 four times and only come away with a try once. They've overthrown three times from massive pressure from uh, Niall Murray and um, Josh Murphy. But I believe uh, jo- Murphy's just come off the pitch and Dowling's come on. So uh, this has been subs on both sides. So it'll be interesting to see how uh, we restart because this looks like a pretty serious injury for the Cardiff player. I think it's Owen Lane. I think he banged his head as he came down, going up for a high ball alongside Mac Hansen. Um, but they picked the 6-2 bench. They've got the wind. They've now brought on their better front row than their starting front row, and they have been getting on top. So could be a very nasty last 20 minutes for Connacht. Well, they're not really doing anything with it. There, there's no imagination with them at all. Uh, they don't seem to have attacking threat from the 10. Um, which Connacht are just completely brushing off and going straight to the centre so they don't really have too much penetration so if Connacht can keep up the defence they'll be fine but there does look to be a bit of a nastiness coming in uh, from Cardiff they're getting frustrated so if Connacht can start winding them up then we might see a couple more penalties go Connacht's way because Connacht have given away three penalties this this half and Cardiff have given away nothing yeah well well, let's hope this I think it's all in let's hope he's okay we'll talk again on 60 Minutes OK, Danny, final score, Connacht 38, Cardiff 19, relatively easy win in the end. Uh, I, yeah, look, the, the scoreline flattered Connacht a lot at the end. Cardiff put on a lot of pressure, but uh, some serious defensive work done by Connacht kept them out. Uh, Cardiff had eight entries into the 20, Connacht's 22 in the second half, only came away scores twice. Like, Connacht went into theirs uh, three times and scores, scored twice as well, you know. When, when it mattered, Connacht turned it up again and just killed off the game. It was very, very dominant and impressive display from Connacht. certainly was. OK, here's the post-match press conference. Well, it's only taken five years, Andy, but we've got two microphones. <laughs> so, you know, it's a big night. Congratulations. The job is still ongoing, but the first thing has been garnered. Uh, when we spoke in Pretoria, and it was zero and three, uh, you said we will make qualification. Uh, it looked a forlorn hope when it went one and four, but since then the performances, particularly in the wins, maybe not so much in the interprovincials, but big nights here. You've you've gone on a run, and it must feel very satisfying uh, to be in that position with a game left. Yeah, it is really satisfying. It, uh, I'm the eternal optimist, so I'll always say we will. But I, I honestly have felt the whole time that we that we can do it. And I haven't even looked at the table, so you can tell me whether we're in or out. But um, we know we've got another game to go, and we want to try and get as high up that ladder as we can. But it, listen, it's a real credit to, to, to all the staff. Um, Pete Wilkins, as our head coach this year, he's done an incredible job, as have all the other coaches. Devolt Seneca, as you've seen again there tonight, some great work with our, our more and our line out um, Cully Tucker our breakdown work's just been outstanding what he's done with our scrum is just phenomenal uh, and, and the close quarter stuff what we call war he's been very very good um, and then you've got Mossy Lawler some of our launch stuff you know you talk to coaches post games and they say you're the hardest team to break down well that's that's all on Mossy um, so they've done a great job our support staff you know our medical team led by Dave Hanley Gets our players back out there on the field. Um, Gav Rackard looks after nutrition. Mikey Kiley and all his crew. Uh, strength-wise, we're the strongest we've ever been. We're the fittest we've ever been. So yeah, everything will always point to probably the bloke who sits at the top, which is me. But honestly, I, I've got a great staff working for us. And then you've got the players who, led by Jack Cardy, Jared Butler, 
just they're good men and and uh yeah they keep growing they keep building and so the, the wins come from a lot of hard work a lot of people and uh it's just really pleasing for me to see um those efforts get rewarded the work rate tonight was significant in that game. There was uh, a lot of off-the-ball play that was required, a lot of hard running, a lot of covering, and just grim determination to get there and win the ball first or make the tackle first or drive the player back. Um, that has been something that has been waiting for a while to, to come to fruition for you, but it's come in the last couple of home games, particularly Edinburgh and tonight. Yeah, and, and uh, I thought there was a period there... And I don't know how many rucks they had, but to me it was definitely over about 30. But um, we just kept coming and just kept coming. And then, um, you know, that sort of spirit and that sort of uh, that sort of desire. And even at the death, you know, Bundy gets underneath to hold up that last... You know, well, they, d- they end up scoring a try but for us to get that, that goal line drop out. You know, that's, the game's dead, but there's still a want and a, and a need and a desire to make sure we hold them out. So... That shows the, the 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 character and the attitude of the players, which is which is really important. So again, you know, I think as as, as coaches, deserve to be very proud of that. Kieran Marmion got a try. He got a hell of an ovation coming on, uh, and then he goes and gets a try, which I suppose is fairy tale stuff, but very well deserved. Yeah, I just said to him, oh, "What a brilliant try!" He said, it "Just popped up, friend. You know what he's like. He's very unassuming, but." Uh, Oh, listen, he, he, as well as you know, the other seven men that are leaving, they've had significant impact on this province and, and on this rugby team, and um, you can only wish them all the very best for their future. Now, when you get a chance to draw breath and have a look at the table and have a look at Glasgow next uh, week, it's, uh, it's going to be a challenging game. Uh, it's not one of Connacht's favourite hunting grounds, but they have a European semi-final coming the following week against Scarlets, who they beat last night in a bit of an epic in a monsoon. Where will you be setting up for that? When do you have to switch off from tonight's game and get ready to go for that? Yeah, that'll happen. <clears throat> It'll happen tomorrow for the coaches. Um, it'll probably happen on Monday morning for the players. Um, so it's no different, you know. And, and as you say, we haven't uh, we haven't had the greatest success over there. Um, certainly in the time that I've been here but I think the the one significant difference is we've never had a 4G pitch and now we have and I've always felt against Glasgow in particular we've always felt like we're half a yard behind them because they're quicker on that pitch but again you watch the way the boys are playing at the moment we've been training on that now but you know that's becoming our happy places to get on that on that that surface and to play. So I, I'm really excited by the challenge. To be honest, a lot of respect for Glasgow and, and what they've done this season. But it's another game of rugby for us, and and uh, I know coming out of tonight, we'll we'll take some confidence into that. You've, I suppose, the supporters maybe you know looking at it from the outside would have bitten your hand off to be in this position with one game left. Um, so it's, it's a real opportunity to go and seize that and, uh, and and run with it. And you never know where it might take you. No, that's right. And, and that's the message downstairs. It's a tricky night tonight because we're saying goodbye, but we've still got games to play. And we've got a, you know, we've got a massive game next week and then into knockout stages. And um, so you want to acknowledge that this is the last home game for, for people that are leaving. But at the same time, it's, it's not about downing tools now. It's about, you know, let's acknowledge that. Let's... Um, Let's let's be uh, respectful in terms of thanking those people and, and the contributions they've made, but let's know that we've got next week and then hopefully a few more weeks beyond that where we've still got a lot of rugby to play for.
Well, it's a great night tonight. Thoroughly enjoyable game to be at, and uh, we look forward to next uh, Saturday in Glasgow. Good on you. Thanks, William. But is there a tinge of sadness in that, or is it just job done? We're going forward, we've still got plenty of rugby to play. Uh, yeah, obviously it's emotional playing the last home game here. Um, I think we put ourselves in a good position uh, to go to Glasgow now, which is the main thing. Um, I think we've got a bit of momentum behind us, especially after the last few home games. Um, so we're just trying to push on as far as we can in this competition and uh, see how far we can go. And is that a good? That's a good driving force for you, in, in, even in the slightly, maybe slightly tricky position you're in. Yeah, I mean, as far as we can go, the the better it is. Um, hopefully, a few more games left, and hopefully, finish on a high. The last two home games have been pretty special. The performance against Edinburgh, but tonight, um, tempted to say Cardiff were maybe a bit more up for it than Edinburgh, where it was hard out there. There was a lot of defensive effort all the way through the game. Yeah, I mean, Cardiff, uh, always a tricky game for us. I think we've slipped up a few times in the past. So, um, yeah, I think we, the last few home games we've had, we've put in good performances. Um, I think just taking that into away games now is the main thing. Uh, I think we've slipped up the last well, against uh, Treviso and we haven't put in some great performances against Dragons and Zebra. So hopefully now we can uh, take forward that momentum from home and into the away game. Yeah, Glasgow are in a funny position because um, I think they're guaranteed to finish fourth. Even if they were to win the game, they'd still be fourth and they've got a big European semi-final coming up. So that might be a little soft underbelly for Connacht to climb in really hard next uh, Saturday. Yeah, um, we haven't talked about that at all. Uh, I think we know how hard it is to go to Glasgow. I actually don't think I've ever won in Glasgow my whole career. So um, I think we know how tough it is to go over there and win it. So... So the do one, we. It's the one place I don't think I've ever won, so it'd be nice to take that off. <laughs> so do we go into commentate on it? It's not a place that's been very lucky. Um, tell me about it's a big change, but you know, going to Bristol's must be exciting. Meet up with, with Pat Lamb again. Obviously, John Muldoon's coming this way um, yeah, to start working from Bristol, but uh, that's going to be a, that's going to be an interesting challenge as well. Yeah, um, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I think it this stage of my career um, is something new for me um, so it's a new challenge it puts me out of my comfort zone a bit um, so it's something that I think I need going forward uh, to finish off my career and uh, hopefully I can get go over there and rip into it and uh, hopefully play as best as I can It's potential uh, from around about the 30th of November that uh, you could play for England uh, if you were put down as an English player, which they may well do, to, to, so that you're not an overseas player, um, England are a bit short of scrum halves at the moment. Um, do you think they might be looking around? Is that a possibility? Or not so much you, but the England manager might be going, "Hello, this guy's playing well for Bristol." Um, I think my main aim is to just go over there and play as best as I can, and I guess we'll just come to that if it ever comes to it <laughs> yeah well I think it might I think it might just come to it because the call might come uh, enjoy the rest of the season thanks very much for talking to us and uh, good luck with the future cheers thank you very much okay that was a voice of Andy Friend and Kieran Marmion or in the press room I've got Dave Danny Lindley and I'm not sure if William join us he's looking very pensive and busy down there but he might, he might join us as well <laughs> Um, Dave, your thoughts? That was a heck of a win in the end. It was. It was looking like we were going to do the traditional conduct, why make things easy on themselves when they've got fans to put through the ringer, and they did. It was better. I don't think it was as good as Edinburgh. 
it couldn't be any worse than than, than Treviso. And we got we got what we needed to do because the gaunt had been thrown down by everybody else. The only team below us that hadn't got a victory was Treviso, was Treviso, and they had a difficult task. But then when you're coming into the game and just before it, you find out the monster have got a five point bonus win. You're thinking, right, that gaunt is thrown down. So we are now in sixth place. It's up to us. We'll know what we have to do. All we have to do is match what the other two teams do below us. Now, if they get five points, we're going to Glasgow and need to get five points. But we'll know. We'll know going on to the pitch what we have to do. Whether we're up to the task, I don't know. But you'd be more optimistic after the last two home games. It was also they could have gone into their shells and after what happened in Treviso, but they didn't. Players stood up. Was it perfect? No, but it was five points and that's all we could ask for. It certainly was. And Danny Dick can still finish fifth, depending on what happens with the Munster game. But a win next week does guarantee them sixth place. Yes, yeah, so just it's win. Doesn't matter what anybody else does. Control what you can control. Go and win the match. Yes, it's a it's a tough place for Connacht to go, as you'll hear from Marmion. He hasn't won over there, so there's, a, there's going to be a good few players that are going to look to try and get a win over there. And look, Glasgow can't. I, I'm pretty sure Glasgow can't drop. Maybe if no, Munster can't. do, they can't. So maybe maybe Glasgow might do us a favour. But even if they don't, Connacht have to be going over and playing like they do here. There's no there's no reason not to. Uh, Andy was asked a question about the, the pitch and he commented about how fast they can play, um, how they're so used to it. Glasgow have a similar style of pitch. I'd be expecting a similar kind of um, performance because in Benetton they look slow. Again, here tonight you'd, it looked very back like the, the Edinburgh game where it was just bounce up, working hard. You want to see that in Glasgow. You certainly do. Lindley, I was pretty vocal about the fact that I didn't think Bundy should have been picked tonight because I didn't think he was playing well enough but um, we got the former's temporary in class as permanent because Bundy was excellent tonight I think he did enough to justify his position on the team I don't think he did anything extraordinary but I don't I, but at the same time you know he was solid and you know obviously he needed to do that and I would hope that he would he would continue to be like that as we go into these vital matches Certainly do. What do you reckon, William? Is there a, you know, we don't we don't really want to be going to South Africa <laughs> next for a for a game of whatever about playing against Leinster. We definitely want to make sure we get Champions Cup next year. Yeah, I think Champions. If they don't get Champions Cup, it'll be quite disappointing from where the season has gone. But you know that might that could happen. And if it does, they just have to attack the Challenge Cup with a bit more vigor. And they did attack it this year for three games, and then it all got really messy. And the last two games want to be forgotten about. Um, I think Glasgow are in a really tricky place next week. Uh, they scraped past Scarlets last night in a monsoon in Glasgow, 12-9. They go to Scarlets the week after they play us in a European semi-final. They've never been in a European semi-final and a Scottish team has never been in a European final. They, I think, will be focusing almost exclusively on that simply because if they beat Connacht, they stay fourth and if they lose to Connacht, they stay fourth. Yeah. And if Connacht are given the opportunity to take on an understrength side, you would think you rest as many players as you can for a semi-final away. Uh, they have to seize that. They've got to give up some of the issues they have travelling and they have to say to themselves, this game is fully winnable and it would get them into sixth and that would get them a trip to Belfast, more than likely. Although the Stormers today... Not so sure now. They they fair play look Munster and Leinster went down there and did what Connacht couldn't do. They won games in South Africa. Mm. Uh Leinster playing a bunch of kids, some of whom I would struggle to know who they were. Uh, obviously Sam Prendergast was had a good game. 
And the Stormers, as they've shown all season, a bit flaky uh, at times. And like a lot of South African teams, they don't see out games. I don't know what happens. Their bench comes on and they seem to get into bother from around about the 70th minute. And I don't think they're used to teams fighting back. <laughs> like in Super Rugby, once a team gets a couple of scores up, that's the end of the game from the bits I've watched. And I don't watch a huge amount of it, but they don't seem to understand the fact that in the Northern Hemisphere, teams will fight to the very end, and especially teams like Munster. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, because it is, it's a bit like basketball. Once a team gets X points age, you go, OK, we're not, we're not going to win today. Um, it's Yeah, that's something they'll be working on. I, I can imagine that they are going to be very sick about that. And what they don't want is to lose uh, the home quarterfinal and semifinal. To finish, if they finish third, we might still have to go and play them. But they'll have really lost the advantage. Yeah. And uh, the one thing I do have to say is the fact that we could have a side like Cardiff. They could finish 11th and will be in the Champions Cup. And uh, that is absolutely unacceptable. And it needs to be finished after this season uh, it's a nonsense it's a meritocracy if that's four Irish and four South African tough if it's well there's a Glasgow Glasgow in there as well so you know yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely but it has to be your top eight yes you, I agree and if, and if it's blocked off by two countries at some stage well just get better that's, that's the thing Glasgow deserve their place Cardiff don't I agree I agree and, and it wasn't so long ago that uh, all the other Irish provinces were kept, kept saying to Connacht Oh yeah, go on and get in on your own merit. Now Connacht are showing that they can and they're getting screwed by the competition. Well, not yet. Hopefully it won't matter and we won't be talking about it. It'll be the South Africans who'll be complaining be, about it. Somebody will be, somebody's going to be messed over. There's a, there's a damn fine team that's going to be not out of the Champions Cup. Theoretically, two of them could because the Scarlets win or Treviso win and the next team down goes down. And if that's two South African teams, watch a certain amount of um, <laughs> animal product hit a certain rotating uh, Cooling yes. device. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm going to spin my old argument here. The reason that we went to do that weird tour in South Africa, the, uh, the uh, Emerging Ireland Tour, which caused a huge amount of angst for everybody, even including Leinster, although they have about, I don't know, however number of 100 players they have. Uh, I believe, and I was told in South Africa, that that was part of getting them on side to make absolutely certain that the next vote... Ireland and South Africa would vote against this non-meritocracy proposal. I don't know whether that's true. It came from two sources down there. And uh, I think that was potentially some of the background politics. Uh, It's just a shame that somebody will lose out. Okay, let's go back to tonight. Because the other major thing about tonight, that was the last game in the sports ground for Andy Friend, Deval Senegal, Mossy Lawler. Then you had all the players, including Kieran. Thankfully, we get to talk to Kieran there. But you've got the likes of Alex Wooten, who brought his brand new baby along the track. Everyone was certainly all the, the women were swooning over the, this tiny little baby. Can't be bored a couple of weeks old. Um, and Shane Delahunt, the likes, you know, guys who've and Conor Fitzgerald. It's it's great that we got the win and we were able to send them off like that. But it's awfully sad, Lindley, to see some of these players disappearing. I suppose it depends whether some of those players wanted to go or whether they've all been forced to go. And I think there's a complete difference in, in, in possibly the way that they're leaving the province. You know, um, a lot of those players have put huge amounts of effort in their life, you know, into, into this club. 
And I know for a fact that Kieran Marmion would not have left here had he been given a contract that was longer than one year. Mm. And, you know, this has been his club and his home for so long, and he's won his Irish caps here. And I can't imagine at his age why he would want to go somewhere else, but I'm delighted that someone like Pat Lamb has actually taken him on under his wing and given him an opportunity over in Bristol where he's at least going to be with some familiar people. And even chatting to him tonight, the fact that his brother... Liam, his twin brother, came over to live with him and is, you know, now working here. And as he says himself, you know, you know, we, we, we know that his, his mum lives in Wales and we know that his father's passed away. So he's obviously very close to Liam. And, and as a result now, he's actually going to, you know, mm. he, he's going to be leaving his brother who he's, you know, obviously very close to. So I think there are some, obviously, some people are moving on for their own desires to want to, to, to go on and do other things or some of them may not want to be leaving at all and I think you have to feel sorry for some of those players who um, because of circumstances they may be not staying here uh, circumstances possibly not you know of their own making it's just the fact that numbers obviously have to be have to be reduced here and I think that's that's you know sad for some of them but unfortunately that's just you know, yeah, that's it's just professional rugby. It is. It's professional rugby. So we won't talk about Andy leaving yet because we still have at least two games, hopefully more, and we have plenty of time to talk about Andy uh, and Devault and and Mossy. I think we should we should leave that till a, a later stage. But to finish off tonight. The one thing I was most surprising thing about tonight was I thought Bundy played well, but I didn't think he was the man of the match. I think Conor Oliver was outstanding tonight, and there was other players. Niall Murray was was fantastic. It was, it was a pack. It was a pack driven thing. They were absolutely brilliant in that first half. Because I mean, the big thing we had all said was, "Oh my God, look at the Jacklers!" And they left Turnbull on the bench to come on. You're thinking, "Oh my God, these guys are going for it." I think they got one. Mm. I don't think I don't think the referee was somebody who allowed Jackling to happen. Uh, Cardiff, take note. Um, but yeah, he. I thought I thought the boys dealt with it really well. I thought Connor Oliver has got. He's still abrasive. He's not somebody... I'd rather have him on my side than the other side, but he's no longer being... uh, I'm going to use a phrase. If he hears this, he may not like gormless. Uh, He's not doing silly things. He's not doing doing daft things as much. He was unlucky to get the yellow card. It was just he happened to be the guy pinged by by Ben Myers. He has been superb since Christmas. Um, Niall Murray is always brilliant. Um, But I tell you, a player who has improved immeasurably and again has stopped being gormless is Dylan Tierney Martin. Um, he's 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 not making those mistakes he was making. He's not giving away the silly penalties. They still happen, but I think, and especially in terms of the line, that line out is functioning brilliantly. And more importantly, because it's functioning brilliantly, you see something where an international hooker overthrows these guys three times in the twenty-two. Yes, that was kind of hilarious, William, and it it, it like the defensive set in that la- in that first ten minutes of the second half was better than all the attacking stuff we did because they give the likes of, of Jeremy Kilgallen I thought was tremendous both in attack and defence but that defensive set was incredible yeah it was huge uh, and Cardiff got fed up with it in the end you could tell that it was getting into their heads because mm. they were trying stuff and there was players waving their arms around and shouting because they wanted them to try something else but they couldn't and they were driven back and back and back one thing if you're, if you're watching the game again have a look at Tierney Martin's drive over try Watch how clever he is. He comes and he thinks about going off the side. He has a look. He takes a step back. He, is, does, he doesn't undetach. And the player who comes in to clear out uh, is Tom Daly, who was on at the time 
uh, for, for Bundiaki, for a HIA. And what Daly does is he clears the path for him. He comes tearing up just a really clever bit of play by, uh, by Dylan to actually not go. He had a look, changed his mind, and in comes uh, Daly, and it's done. And there was it's little small things like that that are starting to improve. Um, at home, at home, we're incredible. That's, that's the problem. That That is one thing they have to discuss. And I'm sure the Brains Trust here for next season, uh, all of the coaches and John Muldoon coming in, is they're going to have to look at this and say, OK, two issues. Interprovincials, we struggle in. But why do we go away a lot of the time and play really poorly? Newcastle, 21 points down in 18 minutes. And Benetton, what's the issue and they have to find a way to fix it because you can't keep doing it. And next year, for example, the, the away trip in Italy will not be there, but it'll be Benetton. Mm. And in Wales, I think it will be uh, it'll be Cardiff and Ospreys, I think. So that, yeah. so that changes. Yeah, yeah. So they've got to get... That's an issue for them. I think it's there. They don't want to discuss it. We'll see next Saturday. Big chance. Well, I was going to say, Lindley, like, in order for them to have any chance of winning... They have to win away from home from now on. There's no home games left. Yes, and? And <laughs> what do you think? Why do you think that they can play like that and perform like that and have the work ethic and the work rate here and they can't seem to even get... There's just, 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 just no comparison between when they're here and when they're away from home. That's because they're at home, and I think, and I think it, it makes. I think everyone loves playing at home. That's the whole point about being at home, because it gives you that extra ten percent, possibly, or even more. In the mm. case tonight, I'd say probably thirty percent. I mean, it was an amazing crowd tonight, and obviously, p- players feed off that. But it's also about maturity in some of these players, and I think some of these players are now becoming more mature, and I think. You know, you've got a lot of those younger players who came in, like, you know, the Prendergast, Ken Prendergast, et cetera. They're maturing. And also remember that it's taken some of the time for the Connor Olivers, et cetera, to fit into this into this, you know, team. I mean, they've come, it's, we're kind of a disparate sort of group of players in many ways, you know, so trying to mould those. And I think they've done a fantastic job this year in doing that, you know. But so... Going away from home is always difficult. That's the whole purpose of people wanting to play at home. It's how you adapt to it. And yes, I think there's a lot more, I think, maturity about the side than there has been. There's obviously been a lot more, I think, lessons possibly in the classroom and discipline built into them. I think there's a lot more cohesion in the way that they actually um, play their game now and a lot more cohesion possibly from Devolt Senegal and the forwards and the way that they are to approach approach parts of the game and I think that has all made a huge difference to them it certainly is okay Danny and Dave I'll let you guys finish off with who would you have picked as your player of the match rather than a backwards I think Dave right I think it should be one of the forwards uh, for me it was Murphy Josh Murphy Josh his work rate like I don't. I'm not sure if he missed any tackles, but he was making hits in the cent- in the middle of the field, the side of the field, everywhere. He was just all over Cardiff, and he was. He's an angry man. Very angry man. I think he, a Cardiff player was holding on to him. I thought he was, he was going to kick him in the head. He was just yanked his his his, leg, his foot free, and it was very violent. Um, but no, but, he, but but safe, but safe, safe, safe. But you know, he was just he was making sure the the Cardiff player knew that not to do it again. But like he, he just brings an extra bit of dog that 
the the current pack seem to be missing from in the last couple of seasons, um, and it really showed tonight because it really really wound up them massively. You could see it around sixty minutes. They just you could see their pack just getting really frustrated, starting just just little little things off the ball and things. And Murphy loves that kind of thing as well as Tony Martin and Oliver. Yeah, yeah. We we'll leave a final word to the Welsh expert, Dave. Dear Wales, sometimes it is your fault. Loose, cut it loose. Break out, or nothing changes. Side.